Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bell is here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And unfortunately for us, the plan today was to get into a full Nebraska breakdown, do our normal score predictions, have an interview with Corn Nation, um, our SB Nation uh, brother-sister site um, from down in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, of course, that all changed pretty quickly. So um, it, it was funny, literally, as uh, John from Coronation and I were about to interview um, and, and get into the interview. It ended up being uh, the game, you know, announces a cancellation. So we quickly scrapped that idea. And uh, Matt and I decided we'll hop on later in the day and just discuss the happenings um, because, unfortunately for Nebraska and uh, unfortunately for Wisconsin, there's a lot of big issues at hand that need to be discussed for this week. So if you haven't heard already, of course, maybe you live under a rock or you're just getting home, and, and this is where you get your first alert of news. The game for Saturday has been canceled. Wisconsin football has shut down uh, their football activities um, after 12 positive tests, I believe was the latest number. I know they're waiting on some other confirmed ones. Um, but as far as I know, uh, 12 positive cases of COVID within the program. So not – not pretty, not great for Wisconsin, not great for the Big Ten, not great for anybody involved. You know, I it just sucks, and we'll get into that here today, of course. We'll do our normal Big Ten predictions at the end of the show as well, but uh, I think big piece of news and the big topic of our conversation will be surrounding what goes on from here because there's, you know, the Big Ten and, and everyone, someone is going to have to answer these questions right away. Well, it's Wisconsin, and they're going to have to answer it uh, right out of the gate. So with all that said, Matt, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I uh, I wish we were sitting here talking about how the Wisconsin defense and edge defenders will stop Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey in the quarterback run, but uh, it seems like that is not in the cards. So I'm doing well. It's it's pretty crazy. Like we we both said that it seems like by 10 a.m. this it felt like a full day of work already by that point, just because we were scouring and working on so many different things behind the scenes, but. Um, really, it's just a bummer uh, for, for both programs. Uh, Wisconsin, you're just hoping at this point that everybody involved can, can stay healthy and safe. Twelve confirmed cases, like you, like you mentioned, those are confirmed via the PCR test. There's, they're still waiting on uh, a bunch more of those results to come back, including from Barry Alvarez and administrators. So I, I think this is going to end up being a number probably larger than 12 which is why we're seeing an early cancellation and uh, of the game, and but but man, it's just it's just wild. How you doing, dude? Yeah, it's certainly bummed out. It sucks for you know kind of everybody involved. It's tough for you know Wisconsin. Of course, we're hoping that every, safety is the most important thing. You want all your players, any opposing players, anybody involved in the situation to be safe. And we've seen across the country that playing college football in a pandemic is not the easiest thing to do. There's been, you know, it's not like Wisconsin has been the the only cancellation. And I, as a betting man, I'm not afraid to probably put money down. And hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully this only happens once. But I'm fairly confident that this is going to happen again uh, in the conference, I would guess. So 
I, I don't see this as as much of a, a Big Ten issue or a, a Badgers issue. It's more of a, a conference issue. This is going to happen. It's playing football in a pandemic, and unfortunately, it struck early for the Badgers. But we'll get into a lot of that um, as we go through here. But yeah, just bummed out for sure. I think everyone involved in that wants to see them be able to play and play safely. And right now, that's just not in the cards. And hopefully, that can turn around and maybe they can figure out where to go from here but for right now that that Saturday contest which I think a lot of people were looking forward to of course to have Big Ten football back is great but it looked like an intriguing matchup on paper with what you saw a little bit from Nebraska last year or last week against Ohio State they hung around a little bit Adrian Martinez has had some great games against Wisconsin it's 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 still uh you know Wisconsin hadn't run the ball that well last week and then if you're down to your fourth quarterback maybe Nebraska can hang tough a nice little jab there but um, bummed out for sure, but hopefully everyone can get safe and safe and healthy, and we can you know keep the season moving in in some capacity. Yeah, a tongue-in-cheek joke about um, being able to stop the spread could probably use be used right about now. <laughs> but um, I, I think really you you look at this, you've got Paul Christ, um, who who is a person on staff who has it. There's five other staff members who who have it. Um, I've, I've heard reports of kind of who that is. I'm trying to figure out um, if I can get a secondary confirmation on that. I know we were talking about that. But definitely Paul Christ, we know for a fact that both um, Graham Mertz and uh, Chase Wolf also had confirmed cases. So we're looking right now at the Badgers potentially having – would have been going in with Danny Vandenboom uh, anyways, so it wouldn't have been an ideal world as is. Uh, and, you know, obviously 2020 has been kind of a dystopian craziness anyways, but you look at what it means now moving forward, and I think the big question is Purdue now. Um, they, they, the, the game with Nebraska is going to go down as a no contest. For all intents and purposes, it sounds like there's still some possibility that it wouldn't be because Wisconsin was the ones to pull the plug. However, I think they pulled the plug just early um, instead of waiting until there was the confirmation that they hit above both the red-red threshold uh, in that color-coded uh, way that the Big Ten went about things. But, but really, you now look at uh, the 10-day window for the staff members it would allow those guys to come back by Friday of game week against Purdue. So you're going to have uh, about half of your coaching staff not able to be in person uh, administering and helping with, with coaching in practice. And, and that's, that's never a great sign, never great going into a conference game, no matter who the opponent is. So I think that's definitely something to watch here is is kind of how that's going to transpire and, and how many more cases come out of the woodwork because it seems like just things move very quickly here um, when it comes to the health and safety. And it seems like the, the Wisconsin staff as well as administrators leaned on the doctors in this one to, to make their decision. Yeah, the the Purdue game is certainly one that I think is uh, has got all the question marks and the intention right now. I, I I've heard people say, oh, there's no way they're going to play. I've heard people say, oh yeah, they'll 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 figure out a way to play. I I really don't think anybody knows at this point uh, as to what's really going to happen here. And of course, that it's it kind of depends on you know some outside factors called the the pandemic and how many cases you've got. So hopefully they can find a way to do it. But like you said, you know not. You brought up a good point in our Slack channel. If Paul Chris can't coach, who's the interim guy? What if he's not available? What if you're going in there with <laughs> your fourth-string quarterback? Um, 
So it's it's definitely going to be messy. I, I think if you can find a way to, to play the game, um, you, you certainly would want to safely. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of chuckled at the Nebraska conspiracy, everyone's against them type thing. I, I think if Wisconsin could go down there and play safely with Danny Vandenboom as their quarterback, uh, I think they would want to do it. You don't want to lose a game if there's a way that you can do it safely. But right now the situation just does not sound like it's safe for for these guys to be playing football. I mean, look at – that's a bigger part of it too. Look at the state of, of – where the state of Wisconsin is right now. It's not really safe to be out and about. So for people to be playing football and, and doing that, this is probably going to happen. I mean, it's not like it's a coincidence. I know I, I've seen some people saying Wisconsin was being irresponsible – and, and I, don't, I don't I don't know what these players were doing, but I have to imagine they were uh, they, they, you know, they're wanting to play for a Big Ten championship. They're wanting to play for a college football playoff. So I would have to imagine they're being pretty smart about what they were doing. But right now, you could go outside and, and bump into someone that you don't know um, that maybe doesn't even know they have it, and you can get this virus. So it's I, it's just a tough situation to try and and work through, and, and hopefully they can find a way to to finish the season out and, and get some of these other games in without issue. But I have to imagine it's going to happen, um, you know, as we continue to go forward. Yeah, and to be fair, Nebraska has thought that everybody's against them since about 1997. <laughs> so uh, I think you look at it. Wisconsin has just dominated the rivalry with Nebraska. So any any worry of of them freaking out here about not being able to play? I, I get the frustration. I think everybody's pretty pissed off and, and wanting things to have happened, but this is uh, not anybody's year. Uh, so it's it's everybody's kind of dealing with this in, in their own way. We You can look across the country. You've got teams like Florida that have kind of laid out a blueprint. They've just had more positive cases after, um, after weeks off. So you, you can see that this isn't something that just – Goes over, goes away overnight. It's going to take time. Um, diving into that a little bit, we now have, like we talked about, those those quarter, but that quarterback room for the Badgers. We got Graham Mertz. We got Chase Wolf for uh, all intents and purposes sideline. We have to assume that Jack Cohn is still out um, for the foreseeable future. So at this point, the Badgers are, are looking at a, a pretty depleted quarterback room heading into potentially Purdue, which where you'd have Danny Vandenboom, and then there's the look even farther down the road um, is is Michigan. The Michigan game, based off of what this is, there's a chance. It's it's it based off of the bylaws. There's a chance because um, the last contest was on a Friday that Graham Mertz could potentially play against Michigan, depending upon how quickly the testing stuff comes back, how quickly he goes through the hurdles that are um, in place by the conference. So it, it's going to be tight. Basically, each player would have to sit out 14 days of practice, quarantine, and then would have um, the work back into practice for seven days, but they cannot have competition until 21 days after. So I, I, it's going to be really tight window. Um, I would imagine that uh, the Badgers would be running that test in full speed to make sure that they can get uh, Graham Mertz into that game if if indeed uh, an outbreak is stopped here on on campus and the Badgers are able to get back to to business hopefully for Purdue but if not at least for Michigan um, I, I just it, it's it's so crazy right now and there's so many moving pieces but I think that's one of the big things right now is is what is it going to look like these upcoming games for the Badgers Yeah, that's going to be the the really 
the the crazy part is that I mean you look at the timeline of this past weekend. You know, you finished the game on Friday. It sounds like the the reports were that Graham Mertz's first test uh, came back positive on Saturday. So originally thinking, oh man, you're not going to have Graham Mertz for Nebraska, and maybe even uh, the games beyond that. Next thing you know, you get that confirmation. Then the rumblings of Chase Wolf also having it and and being out there. Next thing you know, there's rumblings that there's more cases on the team, and then all of a sudden it's you get the the bombshell of of 12 cases and probably more. You know, like we've talked about already, there's some pending cases that will probably end up being positive. You know, coaching staff, Paul Chris has got it. Next thing you know, the game's canceled. So this thing has really snowballed quickly, and uh, and who knows where it's going to finish up, but. The, the crazy part is there's still games that have to be figured out. There's still situations like that that are going to have to be figured out. And the quarterback room is, is the big one. And you don't have a lot of guys there, especially when you're QB1 a month ago and you know, a month and a half ago um, you know, is already out with injuries. So you're already behind the eight ball there. And, of course, Graham Merge came out and played well where he's, he's probably your QB1 no matter what at this point based on that performance. But now you're all of a sudden to, to QB4 and you got people – Google and QB5 and, and, and Daniel Wright that way. So it's 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 crazy. I was kind of excited to maybe see what Van... I mean, this is a year, a weird year anyway. So see what Danny Vandenboom can do. I know people in the state, um, as a high school quarterback, he was great. So it, it would have been... Never lost. Yeah, yeah. He was, a, he was a dominating high school player. He's a very smart kid. Um, so who knows? I mean, maybe you could have gone on the road and if they would have pulled that off and went on the road um, with, with him and won, it would have been pretty impressive. And if they play this Purdue game with whoever they've got <laughs> running the offense and whoever they got calling the plays, who knows who else has got it. So it'll be – if they can play it, great. But if not, you know, who knows, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I wish we had more answers, but right now, unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff up in the air. I mean, Paul Christ and, and Barry Alvarez, they, they were kind of asking the same questions too. I mean, who knows uh, until they get some answers here on, on the rest of the cases and how to move forward. It's it's going to be kind of limbo right now, which which sucks, but that's kind of 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah, and, and really you, you heard when they were both talking, Alvarez kind of pinpointed, he said, the protocols are what they are. This isn't something that I made the decision for or Paul Chris made the decision for. These are Big Ten mandates, and whether we like them or not, they, these guys have got to sit for 21 days. Um, I think it's crazy looking at this now that, you know, you talked about the timeline of, of all the events. The Badgers were playing Illinois just on Friday. We're not even a week away from that. And Illinois still has no positive test so far this week, which which is absolutely wonderful for the University of Illinois. I'm really happy that there's obviously nobody um, that is sick, nobody dealing with that. And it seems like everybody involved on the Badger side of things is also um, – um, asymptomatic or, and not uh, in, in a hard way with this virus. But, but really, that's crazy to me that nobody on Illinois' uh, Illinois's entire team or staff has really gotten this since it because it was such a quick turnaround. And really, that just goes to show you just how complex and ever-changing this virus is. And it's an invisible thing that everybody's going up against at the same time. And, and it's a big reason why the Big Ten had – shifted kind of everything that they did was because the of the unknowns and here we are um a, a month later right back to where we were yeah it's, it's certainly disappointing um, with where we are and i think that that brings up the next point of the conversation is the is the big 10 protocols and you know you talked about barry alvarez wasn't one that put that in place and it was you know, these are kind of mandates by 
uh, by higher ups. But I, I think we all, when this originally came out, the worry was, you know, when this happens, what happens? Do you rule it a no contest? How does that work when you have no wiggle, no wiggle room at all? And there's been a lot of criticism for the Big Ten um, on that part. I think it's very fair that that's the disappointing part is that I think in a way the conference was and some of these teams were kind of set up for failure because you've looked across the country. The numbers are there that there's been a lot of games canceled. This isn't just a Big Ten issue. So to have no wiggle room, to have no buffer, it really, uh, really hurts um, the conference. So that part is frustrating because if you jump, if you got to jump on this a couple weeks earlier when you had plenty of time to to come up with a plan, give some buffer room. I, I know it's it's hearsay. You're kind of in the game now. There's not much you can do, but it, it's certainly frustrating that you're seeing it kind of play out the way people said for months and months. How are you going to do this with no off weeks? How are you going to do this? How's it going to be possible? Well, there's your answer. It's not, and and now they're. You've got teams behind the eight ball like Nebraska. It's nothing they nothing they did, and uh, you know they're they're missing out on a game and 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 stuff like that is in limbo, and it's going to happen again. So it's just a matter of of unfortunately what you do um, as you move forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look back to when the Big Ten released their schedule originally here, their abbreviated schedule, where they cut it down to to uh, lesser games and, and went with week one starting on the 3rd of September uh, back in August on August 5th in the Big Big Ten Network release show. Uh, I, I think everybody was like, oh, the schedule makes a lot of sense. There's nice uh, leeway in there. There's wiggle room, as you said, to, to go ahead and use some of those bye weeks and some extended time to make things work. Well, when they shifted that and took it away and then decided, hey, we're going to come back, but we're going to come back without giving any of that grace period, they, they like you said, they kind of set it up for failure. And we knew that this was an inevitable thing that could happen, that there was a chance that there was going to be positive tests, that teams might hit these thresholds, players might have to sit up for 21 days, and other teams are impacted this as well. But we're obviously seeing here that the Badgers are, have been hit the hardest, and it's it's tough to see. It's like we talked about last time. It's like the most Badger thing of all time here for us to have to to deal with. But at the same time, it, it it is what it is, and there's no sense belaboring it. The Big Ten messed up earlier with with everything that they had done, and now everybody's just got to run with what they have. And I know that that's basically what Paul Christ has talked about, and kind of his walking mantra at every given moment is to embrace the opportunity they've gotten and, and deal with what you have. Um, now more than ever, that's what this team has to do because you've got guys in hotel rooms quarantining. You've got um, the team unable to practice for seven days. I can't imagine how many push-ups Leo Chanel is doing um, right now. But <laughs> but basically, this it's, it's kind of a cluster, you know what, and it's just a matter of biding time before they can get back to business and hopefully everybody is safe healthy and in a place where the team can kind of kick the gun hit the ground running right then and there yeah whenever they get back it's going to have to be you know out of the gate you're going to have to probably win everything um you know as you're as your way out at but i mean that's still so far away um with right now and i i think the the night the, the thing that really kind of looks silly is is kind of these these cross bracket games that you've got where if they would have thought about it a little more and to give yourself some buffer, if you could somehow just focus on the division games, I think you could have made it where you had this condensed schedule, you, you've got some flexibility, and, and maybe you can go from there. Because I think what you've seen is 
if if you can uh, crown yourself a champion of the conference as, as the Big Ten, despite um, you know what maybe, maybe you have lesser games, I think you'd still be in a pretty good situation. Like you look at Wisconsin, you know they've got that upcoming contest with Michigan. Nebraska has Penn State that same weekend. If you scrap those two games, put Wisconsin and Nebraska maybe and in uh, in Minnesota and Nebraska go this week. If you had some flexibility in there, you could probably find a way to make this work and get your divisional games in. But at this point, it's it's fool's gold to think that you could pull something like that off. So that's the the frustrating part is there's probably a way you could move it around and do it, but I think it's just too late. And uh, and, and and this these are the cards you're dealt, and these are the way you're going to have to play. And it just sucks because I I'm excited to see the Michigan game, but I, I also want to you, know, you want to play the Big Ten West and and make it kind of an official season that way and and now you aren't going to have a contest with Nebraska so you're always going to have that well they didn't beat them and and that whole situation and of course it's a long ways away but it's it's still frustrating um for Nebraska fans for Badger fans for everyone who's going to have to deal with this at some point oh for sure and Nebraska could be two and six come the end of it and they'll just be saying well it's not fair that the Badgers win the West because they played two West games say the Badgers aren't able to play Purdue and Nebraska um but it's there's just so many different layers to this. I agree with you. I think that that week 11, if they were able to flex those games, it'd make a lot of sense. Um, I'm all for the Badgers playing Michigan because I think that's going to be a hell of a game. Um, and I, I think Penn State and Nebraska will be a good game in Lincoln. But it, I, it's one of those things where you do want to see the West games. You want to see everybody on an even playing field at least as much as possible uh, to figure out a divisional champ. But to, to think that this isn't going to pop back up across other campuses I, I think is naive. I think right now the Badgers are the first ones. They're going to be the, the – the guinea pigs here to figure everything out. And, and it's very unfortunate, at least for, uh, you know, Badger fans, for the team, um, us as media members having to try to now come up with content to, to go over another week as we get ready for this. It seems like we did that all summer, and, and we're kind of right back to square one. But um, for any fans wondering who else has um, COVID, the Badgers have gone on record multiple occasions saying they're not going to share that. Um, hell, even with the injury report, they – they usually are very much, like, diligent, letting us know, you know, we go to practice and we can talk to communications and they let us know specifically, um, you know, who's dealing with an ankle injury and everything. So we got a, usually a good sense this year they're not doing any of it. They just kind of tell, even on game day, they just let us know, hey, these people aren't playing. Um, and, and so everything's very much like we talked about, tight to the vest. They're not given a lot of information, which which makes a lot of sense given everything that's had, that's transpired with 20, with COVID in 2020 here and and trying to make sure that they're keeping to people's privacy. But I, I was impressed that at least Paul Christ came ahead and just said, "Hey, I'm one of the individuals because it does um, you know put a personal touch to it as well. That hey, it's not just." Graham Mertz, this isn't uh, something that only the young players on the team who are probably at least at risk for this are having. Paul Christ is not a, a, not a young guy. Um, you know, he's, he's probably in good health just because of all the crew necks he wears. Um, but I think right now uh, it's, it's one of those things where we just got to hope that everybody can stay safe and that this team can come back in a week or two weeks and and be back to where they were because they looked really good against Illinois and it's and it's going to be hard to kind of rebound from that now given everything that has gone down this past you know three three or four days. 
Yeah, I mean, whenever, of course, whenever they get back out there, I think there's still a lot of positives you can take you know, from this year. We didn't expect to be talking about Badger football at all. We we got a game in. We'll, we'll hopefully get plenty more in here. And, you know, I know there's, there's, of course, hopes for a Big Ten championship. There's hopes for the playoff. The defense is great. You got a quarterback. But, you know, even if you can get some of these guys some reps and, and play for next year and, and the cards fall where they may uh, on the postseason stuff, that's still a win versus no, you know, playing no football. So, no, I don't want to be Mr. Optimistic. It, it sucks. Uh, this this situation is not one that you want to be dealing with for anybody, uh, fans, players, coaches, otherwise. But hopefully there's some positives that they can kind of take from it and, and move forward here. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's that's really all I've got for, for that whole situation. I think right now it's just more of a wait and see how we move forward and, and how things go from here. I, I know the Purdue game is – I, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like a lot to ask to to get get people back maybe on Friday and turn around and play Saturday. Of course, if they can, they'll want to try. But we really have no answers, you know, that can we can confirm at this point. I know the Wisconsin Nebraska game has been ruled as a no contest, which is great for the Badgers. Um, kind of a bummer for Nebraska, but I wouldn't want that. If you know, roles reversed, I wouldn't want that win. Maybe Nebraska wants it. Um, you know, just because they haven't beat the Badgers in, in, in forever. But uh, who knows? So it, at that point, it's it's just more of a wait and see. I mean, Barry Alvarez and, and Paul Chris were kind of just sitting there going, we're not quite sure, you know, what happens next because they're kind of dealing with bigger issues here. There's, you know, Paul Chris tested positive. Thankfully, he feels fine. There's going to be other guys that he's probably worried about his players and, and how they're going to move forward here. So, uh, you know, as we get answers, we'll continue to hit on them. But for right now, which is kind of a wait and see and, like you said, this, these developments have happened quickly, so I'm sure we'll get some answers here um, you know, when they've got them. All right, do we want to take a look at some of the games upcoming in the conference that actually will be played? Let's do it. I think uh, last week we had, uh, I believe, if my notes here are correct, I was 5-2 and two with my picks. You were 3-4. and four. Really the only difference was those Indiana and that um, – uh, who else? Did I, oh, the Michigan game. I picked Michigan. You had Minnesota. So um, just two two weird games that kind of got away. But overall, the Big Ten was kind of not chalky in that regard. But the other ones, I guess Purdue was the only upset really that I remember. And this week it looks fairly chalky as well on the slate. So we'll start with the, the Friday night game here. Uh, Minnesota and Maryland. I'll have to say this right now. Maryland looked like a dumpster fire last week. So where do you think is going to be the the winner coming from in that one? I'm guessing we're going to be on the same page here. I would have to think that it's Minnesota just because we haven't seen Maryland looking very good here this year. Um, I think Minnesota gets back in the win column. They're they're almost a 20-point favorite here on the road. Um, but but maybe Maryland can impress and and uh, knock Minnesota while they're down. But I, I think Minnesota will take care of business in that game. Yeah, it's it's hard to. I didn't catch any of that Maryland game, um, you know, last week. But uh, it it did not look pretty. I mean, if you're getting 43 put up on you by, and of course Northwestern hired a new offensive coordinator. They got a different quarterback. The offense should look a little crisper. But for the most part, it was it was pretty ugly. Um, for the Terps last week. So I, I have no reason to buy into them. And things were ugly for Minnesota, but they weren't uh, quite that ugly. So I'm going to uh, go with the, the Gophers there as well in uh, in that one on Friday evening. Our next one is a little bit inter- more interesting. I think Illinois 
did kind of get shut down by the, the Wisconsin defense. I think they're better than what they showed. Uh, but seven-point home dog to Purdue, um, who, who got a big win against Iowa last week. So uh, where do you think uh, – how do you think that one's going to shake out on that 11 o'clock uh, game on the Big Ten Network? I think that's actually going to be a really good game. I anticipate that it will be pretty close for most of it. I do think, though, that Purdue will pull away at the end. Um, I anticipate that Illinois will make it interesting, but I do think that Purdue's weapons on offense are just too good, and Illinois doesn't necessarily have the firepower to keep pace. So I'm going to go with Purdue in a close one. Yeah, I think you're you're correct in your thinking there, and I didn't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if they've given an announcement on uh, Rondale Moore. I don't believe they have. So. I think right now I would probably have to agree with you with getting – I believe they'll have Jeff Brown back. I don't know about Rondale Moore, but if they have all those pieces and the offensive uh, weapons that they've got, they, they looked fairly good on offense against an Iowa defense that looked like they should be uh, decent. So I would have to say I'm going to go with Purdue there as well. But I agree. I think it's going to be a close one, maybe one of the more entertaining ones in the conference because, uh, like I said, this slate is – is not necessarily as great as some others. Of course, there's the big one Saturday night, which we'll get to between Penn State and Ohio State. But our next one, the battle for the state of Michigan, Michigan State, and the Wolverines. Wolverines look great in their opener. Spartans, not so much, uh, falling to Rutgers in that one. Uh, so who do you have in the, that other 11 a.m. contest on Fox? I got Michigan. I don't anticipate Michigan State doing much. They just turn the ball over way too much. They don't have uh, the quarterback play. It's been super uneven. I just don't trust them enough to make them um, a viable contender in the East, let alone in this game. I don't care if it's a rivalry game. Um, in this manner, usually you throw records out and, and you never know what happens. But in this, it's in Ann Arbor. They're a 25-point favorite. They came off of a really strong game last week, whereas Michigan State had just a house of horrors there last week against Rutgers. I'm going to go Michigan all the way. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think I was I was pretty impressed with what Michigan did. I know they had a lot of question marks coming into the season, but uh, they they impressed some people last week. And I know Minnesota was dealing with some COVID issues of their own, but uh, it's it's not. It, it, I didn't think that was something that would have changed the game too much. There were a couple of situations where I think, man, they would have liked to have that guy in there to, to maybe make that play. But overall, Michigan looked you know, pretty solid. So. Um, if, if Michigan State had a good game and it maybe looked better, I'd say maybe they can hang within, um, within them for a little bit, but nothing looked pretty for Michigan State last week. I mean, Rutgers, you know, just Rutgers shouldn't be, be beating you up that bad, and, and they, they kind of did for a while there. So I'm going to go wholeheartedly with Michigan on, on that one as well. But, but who knows? Like you said, it's a rivalry game. Things can turn around quickly, but it looks like it's going to be a long year for the Spartans in that one. So. All right, our next one, uh, 2.30 on Big Ten Network, undefeated Rutgers and Indiana um, squaring off in a battle in the Big Ten East. Uh, Rutgers as a 10.5-point favorite at home. Kind of an intriguing game. I didn't think it would be, but it kind of is here. So who do you have uh, in in that contest? Did you say Rutgers is a 10.5-point favorite? Oh, sorry. Ten and a half point dog. I think I did. Oh, my favorite. gosh. I was going to say, whoa, bet the crap out of that, man. Yeah. Um, I had that with the crap. <laughs> um, I think Indiana's a bit overrated at number 17, to be perfectly honest. 
I, I know that they, they won by the skin of their teeth over Penn State last week in a really fun game to watch, but really Indiana lucked into that in a lot of ways. They just did barely enough, and Penn State did a lot to allow Indiana to win that game. But I do think Indiana is better than Rutgers. I just don't trust that Rutgers is going to win um, many more games than what they just did against Michigan State. I think they maybe will have a chance against Maryland at the end of the year. But right now, I, I think Indiana is a team that's that looks solid. I think they're the team that you can trust more going into this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I is I was rooting for Indiana. Um, you know, I've I've wanted them to to win that game last week, and I I bet Indiana. Uh, plus the six. I know I was high on them last week, but in terms of their overall performance, I know they won the game, but I don't think they looked really sharp doing it. That being said, I, I think Rutgers benefited from some turnovers, and they might look like they were better, but they were also taking on a team that I think is going to be right down there with them in Michigan State. So um, I, I'm not going to buy into an, an overreaction here on either of those teams. I know Indiana didn't look pretty, uh, at times, but they still knocked off Penn State. So I'm going to take Indiana in that one as well. But who knows? Rutgers definitely looked improved. I just don't think they've got enough to, uh, you know, to, to pull off an upset like that, even though I would agree with you. 17, at least at this point, seems a little overrated for the Hoosiers. All right, yeah, moving on down here. That's oh, fair. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. All right, our next one. This one is, I think, going to be the other – um, other than the nightcap and that Purdue-Indiana game will be the closest one. Iowa at home taking on new look and revamped offensive Northwestern. Um, interesting game on ESPN there. Who do you have in this contest? I think that one's going to be a much better game. I, I think this is going to be a fun one. Um, so for me, I think this really comes down to a couple different things. I know it's tough to win in Kinnick right now. Iowa's two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm actually going to go with Northwestern. I think Northwestern has looked uh, uh, obviously solid against Maryland, which doesn't take a whole lot, but they ran all over um, Maryland and ran well. You then look at they also have uh, a lot coming back on their defense. Their defense was really good. There was supposed to be really good defense coming into this year, stout up front against the run. Um, Iowa's got some good pass catchers, um, but they still have a young quarterback who's only making his second start, and and he was kind of up and down last week. I think the biggest thing though is Purdue was able to run the ball on Iowa pretty well. You had you had Xander uh, Xander uh, I can't even remember his last name Horvath ran for I think it was like 130 yards on mm-hmm. on them yeah. last last week against Iowa. I was usually pretty good against on the on the defensive side of the ball, but that's they lost a lot on the defensive side. So that's the place where they've been a little roughed up on the defensive line as well as their linebacker linebacking core. So I think Northwestern they've got a really good running game that I think that they're going to take to Iowa. So I think Northwestern wins this and and pulls the upset um, in in Iowa City. Yeah, I thought we maybe would be different on this one, but I think we're going to be in the same boat. Uh, really? I, I think, yeah, I, I just, you know, if if it was Kinnick in its normal status and there were people in there, I would say, you know, no one's going to go, Northwestern isn't going to go into Kinnick and win that football game. But 
I just you add that to what's kind of going on with in Iowa off the field. It didn't look like that impacted them, you know, on the field last week. But it just seems like this could be a weird year for for Iowa, where things kind of get away from them. Versus Northwestern, seems like they've got stuff pretty well buttoned up, you know, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they've got a new coordinator that looks like he's watched some modern day football and can run an offense that is, um, you know, not not wasting their offensive talent uh, a little bit. So. They look better there. They're always going to have a decent defense, and uh, and, and that defense can kind of travel. And, and like you said, I, I don't know if I'm really buying into the Iowa quarterback just yet. So I'm going to go with Northwestern as well in that one. I know right now we're, we're, we're the same down the column, but maybe we'll differ in this one, although I'm, I'm guessing our recap uh, for the final, we will not uh, differ here. So the final game, the big one in the Big Ten, uh, Ohio State, Penn State, Ohio State on the road to Happy Valley. Uh, 6.30 uh, ABC for that contest. Who do you have as kind of the, the, the battle for the Big Ten East despite some um, you know, unfortunate you know, results for Penn State last week? Yeah, I think, I think not having fans in attendance, not having a whiteout, um, coming off of a loss, I don't think there's enough juice to to pick Penn State over Ohio State here. Ohio State was going to be the favorite either way, but you add in these compounding elements, and I'm going to go Ohio State all day on this one. I, I think it will be a good game, but I think it's going to be one of those where um, later Ohio State pulls away, similar to what we've seen from um, Ohio State when they play a lot of teams, that eventually talent wins out, the depth wins out, and, and they win in the end. Yep, I have to agree with you. I think um, right now, you know, I'm yeah, at, based on the spread, you know, 13 points, I'd be laying that with Ohio State. I haven't been high on Penn State, as we kind of talked about before. I wasn't really impressed with I know they, they did put up a lot of yards last week in Indiana, but uh, they, they had chances to put that game away, and they, they just didn't. Ohio State just seems like a team that is, is hungry and, and going to go out and be – um, you know, really getting after it. I know this rivalry game it can get heated, and, and I know there's been some comments made in the media about uh, you know Ohio State kind of wishing there was fans because it motivates them. But I just don't see Penn State as being a team offensively that can hang with Ohio State and, and keep pace with them if they get into a track meet. So maybe Penn State keeps it on the ground and, and tries to slow it down as much as possible. But in the end, Justin Fields and, and those receivers are, are going to make enough plays to, I think, win this and, and I think cover it. And, and maybe it's a game that starts out close, but at the end, you might even – I could see this being, you know, a three-score game, to be quite honest with you, 21 points, something like that. I just don't see, um, you know, Penn State being able to hang with the Buckeyes at this point in the season. Yeah, I think Ohio State will win by multiple scores um, in, in it. You you look at Penn State, they really struggled with turnovers, and I, I don't think that um, their quarterback play is nearly enough to, to give them a, an opportunity with Sean Clifford to win that. And then you look at uh, in the rushing game, they, they had a bunch of injuries now that, that have kind of hampered what they can do on the ground. That was supposed to be their, their bread and butter with Journey Brown coming in, and I think Noah Kane just got hurt as well. So you look at what was a really big strength for this team, and it really took a dip. And instead they ran the ball with Sean Clifford 17 times last game, which is um, no knock to Sean Clifford. He's a solid quarterback, beat out Chase Young in high school. But at the same time, he is not going to be the difference maker that, that you need to, to take down Ohio State. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I just don't I, – I totally agree with you. I think their offense just doesn't have enough um, with him yeah, in terms of firepower to really get that thing moving um, and, and keep pace with that. So unless they really – uh, you know, I know Journey Brown was was an injury that they're dealing with, and I just I just don't see uh, the firepower there to keep pace. And unless you know Ohio State, I know at times can can shoot themselves in the foot and turn the ball over, but it just doesn't seem like that at that at this point. Um, you know, with their their game against Nebraska, that they're a team that's going to be like that, and and maybe uh, you know mental mistakes that that allow teams to hang around. Right now, they just look like an out well oiled machine. And, and I think as they keep going, you know, Justin Fields and that offense are just going to keep scoring and, and make it trouble. So uh, it looks like we agree across the board on this week. I didn't but think that that was going to be the case going into I, it. I, <laughs> I did not think you were going to – I thought you were going to go with Iowa. Um, yeah, that's why I thought you were going to go with Iowa too. And I was like, oh, okay, this would be our disagreer. But, it, yeah, Northwestern, something about that team just looks like they could be better. And then I even thought a little bit about Illinois – but Same. if they would have hung with Wisconsin a little better, I, I maybe would have picked them. But there were there were parts that I thought Illinois would be better, and they just looked kind of disappointing. Maybe that's a testament to the Wisconsin Badger defense. But at this point, it, it, it kind of scared me away from, from making them uh, a pick that way. Uh, one last thing. Uh, we will have availability with the basketball team tomorrow, so we'll be able to talk a little bit about that later on early next week when we're getting back into hopefully a game week, um, a normal game week, um, fingers crossed. But then also last week we talked a, little, a lot about um, kind of our standouts, and we I, I specifically talked about Keanu Benton, and they went ahead and changed in the stats. I tweeted it out, but they changed the stats in there. I, I swear it was Garrett Rand who forced the fumble when I saw it, and they gave it to Benton. So um, I didn't know if they knew something. I didn't. But uh, it seems like they finally made that right. And so Garrett Rand also gets a shout-out for his game against Illinois. Yeah, both of them played really well. So it would be exciting to see what those guys can continue to do whenever the Badgers get back on the field. So uh, hopefully everybody is, is staying healthy and, and as happy as you can. I know losing a Badger Saturday is always tough, but especially right when you got it back, kind of a tease that way. But hopefully if you're listening to this, you're uh, happy and, and safe and healthy. And, of course, we'll be back with you guys next week, hopefully talking Purdue, if not, We'll figure out something to talk about. We've got plenty of uh, basketball to get to. That's coming up. Like I said before, before you know it, it's going to be here, and I know there's a lot of excitement uh, around that team as well. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. We'll be back with you next week on Wisconsin.